0: So a day to Skibli and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Laymans. What we're going to be doing with our episode here is we're going to be doing a little bit more, some etymology. I thought that that'd be a good time. I, I really like talking about medicine, the medical field, all the nomenclature embedded within medicine, pathologies, toxicologies, all that kind of stuff, because they all are derived from Greek and or Latin, right? Um, as we've very well seen, because, um, well... The Greeks and the uh, the Romans; th- those were the first physicians that really used their own language in order to describe the different parts of all these different um, systems uh, within our body. Right? We have our you know our gastrointestinal system. We have things like our you know autonomic, synthetic. Uh, we have our endocrine system. We have our um, we just have neural networks, our brains, some, uh, you know, all these things. Roman physicians, Greek physicians, way back when, when evaluating the human body, like I talked about before, you know, the Greeks, the, the Romans, a lot of the time, they sussed it out through what they saw, um, and a lot of the, the language that they used was ideological. It was to make sense out of what they didn't really understand at that time. You know, over time, you know, the Latins and Greeks, all these terms have become used as, st- as standard medical terminology, um, and with that being the case, I thought that we could dive straight into uh, gastrointestinal condi- conditions, disorders, diseases maybe, pathologies, some symptoms that arise from those things, and uh, we'll talk about whether it's Greek, Latin, or there are a few a uh, few that are actually English-based. Um, such as Barrett's, uh, esophagus and or Crohn's disease. However, you know, if you, I know quite a few people that have Crohn's disease. A lot of people thought that I had Crohn's disease for a while, but I actually don't present, uh, with the, uh, um, the testing. So I, I don't, but I exhibit symptoms very, very similar. So I, I empathize and I, my heart goes out to those people that deal with Crohn's disease. Um, that being said, let's go ahead and dive on into these because we're going to talk about things like, you know, maybe acid reflux. And I'm going to provide um, because I have a lot of just practice with this stuff, right? Practice, knowledge. I've done so much research on this kind of stuff ever since I got sick. I remember when I first got sick, I remember when I was in school. I remember I would be studying in the cubicles. And I remember going deep into this kind of stuff um, when I would just take breaks from studying because I was trying to understand what was going on with me at the time. You know, if you guys want to, you know, go back to a prior uh, Q&A of mine, uh, I go in depth as to when I got sick – really what happened when I got sick, uh, all the doctors telling me that I, um, nothing made sense and that everything was just psychosomatic and blah, 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 and this and that. And that's why I ended up having to do half of my school at university of Puget Sound and then finishing up in Utah state. So if you're curious as to understand, you know, my, my, my bouts with, uh, especially gastrointestinal problems, uh, I urge you to, to, Type it in and uh, look for Q&A. Maybe I'll provide it in the show notes if I can find that link. But uh, I I don't think you guys are that curious about that. But what we're curious about is maybe you're dealing with some of these presenting symptoms that we're going to go over. or maybe you deal with these things and uh, I would like to help you out uh, and give you some of my, as I say, data, my anecdotal data that I've gathered through my experimentation with my body. That being said, my body is my body. My body is not your body. I do not have a PhD in who you are, what your body is, um, as well as you don't have a PhD in mine. We are all individualistic. We all are going to be affected differently by by external factors internal factors the way that we actually interoceptively uh, feel our gut right you know there's interoception is the 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 perception of understanding what's going on within us intero within the inter um, and then perception pair means throughception comes from kept it's like the, I believe it's the fourth principle part of, um, capio, which means to seize. So when you have perception, you have something that is seized through essentially. So you've seized, seized through all of it. Essentially, you have a great perception about it, I guess. I don't know. Interoception is going to be that you understand it fully, but you're feeling it within your body. You also have proprioception, all these other things. I can talk about the proprioceptions more involved within physiology. What we're gonna do today, gastrointestinal. That being said, would love for you guys to show some support if you haven't already, uh, to leave a rating uh wherever you're actually listening to this podcast at this very moment. I'm sure you can figure out a way. Do a little tap tappity tap. I'm sure your thumbs are pretty good at doing a tap tappity tap. Um and or if you're listening to this on a computer, a little Quick little tabby, 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 tap with multiple fingers. Or if you're my dad, in this case, you're using your pointer finger only with both your right and left hand. Love you, dad. Not trying to slight you or anything like that. That's why you use your dictation things, and that's why I remember all the time, like I, I mentioned in prior podcasts, podcasts of mine, where my dad would be doing his uh, his dragon naturally speaking uh, uh, dictation notes and uh anyways i'm not going to recite it we're going to get on into it all righty so let's get into our first one here so we have acid reflux acid reflux the medical definition is going to be uh, the backflow of stomach acid into the esophagus Ezo means within phages means consumption so the within consumption thank one of my students actually for asking me the etymology of that word when we were actually talking about autophagy, we were talking about sarcophagus, all of which have that phagy in there, that consumption of. He asked me what esophagus was, and I was like, oh, hmm, I totally forgot what is ezo. Ezo is in the Greek, uh, an assimilated form of endo, which means within. So the within consumption, that's what happens. Your consumption within, that's what the esophagus does. And it contracts and moves that food down that esophagus into your um, tummy-tum. In fact, it comes from the Greek oesophagus. um, It's spelled O-E-S-O-F-A or P-H, I'm so sorry. P-H-A-G-U-S, which means gullet in, um, in the Greek, and then phages in the Latin refers to some consumption. There you go. Well, reflux in the Latin re means back. Fluxus means flowing, of a, a, a flux. So reflux means a flowing back essentially, right? And then this case, what is flowing back? In this case, acid, because in your stomach we have HCl aka hydrochloric acid. And the reason people typically think it's because you have too much acid in your stomach, that is not the case. That is really not the case. That is a very misinformed uh, view of what acid reflux is. In fact, it's that you lack the proper amount of acid within your stomach. What happens is, you eat your food and then we have lots of sphincters in our body we don't just have a sphincter uh you know between our colon and the outside world right we don't have that anal sphincter that's not the only one we also have sphincters between our esophagus and our upper stomach our lower or our stomach and our duodenum our duodenum sphincter to the small intestine. Sphincter from the small intestine to the large intestine. They are basically sphincters are just they're like gaskets. They're valves that allow things to pass when they're ready to be passed through the body. If you think about it, your your from your mouth to your anus, like I've talked about before, is an entire tube. Think about like think about the channel. The channel if you guys don't know what the channel is, it's an underwater railway system that goes from the UK to France. Now, I want you guys to think about your or your your GI system is like the channel. The channel itself is surrounded on all sides by water, but within it is the train that's moving the passengers from the UK to France. That's what's happening when you eat food. It is not supposed to get outside of that tunnel whatsoever. It's supposed to stay in that tunnel and go from your mouth through your esophagus, down into your stomach, into your duodenum, into the small intestine, into the large intestine, and then out the colon, right? You're not supposed to have food particles seep through into your bloodstream. And that's where we get the term small intestinal hyperpermeability. Hyperpermeability permeates Well, permeability refers to something that can seep through. It permeates through the lining of the small intestine, which is not good. We don't want that. We want the junctions of the smooth musculature in our small intestine to be tight knit so that we allow the food to pass through and then for the small intestine to absorb the nutrients and all of the vitamins, the minerals, the calories. And that's where it gets absorbed in the small intestine, but it's not supposed to absorb the food particulates into the bloodstream. But if you have celiac disease, if you have Crohn's disease, if you had these autoimmune things happening in your body, you um, don't—the If you think about it think about like you have tight junctions that are going to keep that stuff together so that nothing seeps through well if you have smooth musculature that has those tight junctions that have been loosened a little bit aka that hyperpermeability then that's where you're going to eat food and then you might have a, a gastrointestinal distress response because that food ends up getting little particulates Permeate through the lining of the gut in the small intestine and leach into the bloodstream. That's why, that's that's what it is. That's small intestinal hyperpermeability. Also, it's c- called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Right, because we allowed that pro- prolifer- pro- proliferation of bad bacteria into the gut. Not good stuff. That being said. Acid reflex reflux is gonna be coming from the Latin here that I just mentioned. And in order for you to maybe mitigate that, try supplementing with hydrochloric acid tablets with pepsin. You can get get this off Amazon, you can get it at any natural health food store. Um I've seen it at Whole Foods before, I've seen them at, at Sprouts, especially Sprouts and um um what's the other one? Not Sprouts. Um, oh, Crap. They're really expensive though. It's an arm and a leg to go shop there. But, gosh. Um, it's not Sprouts. It's the other one. Natural Grocers. There you go. I've definitely seen it in Natural Grocers big time. Okay. That being said, let's go to the next one. Appendicitis. Well, appendicitis is going to be predominantly, well, both Latin and Greek. Appendicitis, itis, in the Greek, refers to inflammation. Appendis, appendix, appendix, refers to probably probably your appendix, right? The inflammation of the appendix is what the medical definition is. Appendix in the Latin and Greek, a plus appendix is well. In this case, it's a small finger-shaped pouch. That's what it refers to altogether didn't know, now you know. And that's what your appendix is. Unfortunately, we can't really um, evaluate an appendix. Well, actually we can, but it's just, we don't really want to. A lot of the time it's like looking at the pancreas, they're deeper, um, the deeper organs rather than more superficial. So yeah, anyways, leaving it there. Barrett's esophagus this is a condition in which the lining of the esophagus changes from normal squamous cells to columnar cells. Um, and I'm, I'm not really going to go in depth as to that or what that is, but squamous and columnar are just types of epithelial tissue that are smooth musculature. So that's what is, um, well, actually I'm curious as to know a little bit more. Well, actually, well, actually when thinking about it, um, Barrett's esophagus is just going to be kind of like you know um, kind of symptoms uh, associated with acid reflux. So if you have predominant acid reflux that is chronic, um, that's what cr- that that's what changes the epithelial tissue from squamous to columnar. Um, you know, it, it typically it's from frequent heartburn and chest pain um, and all that stuff, and it. It just changes the the deal anyways. Unfortunately, if you have GRD, GERD, gastro, or I mean, yeah, gastro. What am I doing? Esophageal reflux disease. Gastrointestinal uh, esophageal. There you go. All right. I'm done with that. Next one. Celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease uh, that damages the small intestine when gluten is eaten. Celiacus actually refers to of the abdomen in this case. Um, and uh, typically it's the, the protein within gluten binds to the abdomen in such a way that it creates this really nasty inflammatory response. So if you didn't know, now you know. Um, how about constipation? Constipation, medical definition, difficulty Passing a stool, it actually comes from the Latin constipatio. Um, a stopping up is what it means um, to stop up or to stuff up, essentially. Um, and that's kind of what happens. You're kind of stuffed up. You need to maybe get an osmotic laxative or something like that. Get the good old train going. Maybe you just need to go to Taco Bell. I don't know. That's a good old colon cleanse if I've ever heard of one. Uh, I remember a good old colon cleanse from back in the day also was a uh, Dion's Pizza. I'll leave it there. Um, Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease is a chronic inflammatory bowel disease can, that can affect any part of the digestive tract. It's not just delegated to one. It can be the whole thing. Some people have to actually get their colon or some of their p- small intestine, their colon removed because of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. Um, uh, it comes from, well, Crohn, Crohn, uh, it's named after Beryl Crohn, who is the American doctor who first described the condition of celiac disease. Therefore, it's going to be predominantly English based in this case. Diarrhea, our next one here. Diarrhea means through Rhea means a flowing essentially in the Greek. Um, like we said, flux is a flow, but that's in Latin. Rhea, a flowing. Well, if you put flowing plus dia, which is through, diarrhea just means a flowing through or f- uh, a flowing thoroughly through because uh, dia, dia can also mean thoroughly. But dia is also where we get diameter, right? Um, that is the line that cuts through the length of a circle. There you go. What is diarrhea? Well, it's frequent, loose, watery stools getting thrown right through your body. Okay? You can also have diarrhea of the mouth, essentially, where you're just word vomiting, essentially, right? Diverticulosis. Diverticulosis is the presence of small and pouches called diverticula in the wall of the colon. Um, in fact, in the Greek, I'm, I'm sorry, not the Greek, the Latin, diverticulum means a small sack or a small pouch and they are small pouches basically you got to catch them sometimes they can be um you know they can present as polyps as well um so if you have diverticulosis diverticulitis diverticulitis is the inflammation diverticulosis is the condition of all right diverticulosis is the worst uh the the worser of the two the more worse the comparative dyspepsia dyspepsia this dys means wrong pepsia well pepsia refers to pepsin which is also a part of uh, hydrochloric acid that's you know that that acidity that, that what creates that acidic environment in our stomach dyspepsia means indigestion literally in the medical definition right you have a wrong pepsia is going to aid in that digestion along with hydrochloric acid. So if you have wrong dyspepsia or you have wrong pepsia, then you have the wrong essentially, um, you know, things in order to break down the food essentially. So maybe you, um, you know, or, you know, there are certain foods that really are very hard to digest. Um, makes me think like corn, for instance. Let me some corn. I am corn you can eat me up, but you're not going to change me. I'm going to still come out strong and just how I was when I went in. All right. I'm sorry. Esophagitis. Next one. Itis, inflammation of ezo within phagy consumption, the inflammation consumption within. All right. Well, esophagitis is the inflammation of the esophagus, right? coming from the Greek eosophagus as well, meaning gullet. So the inflammation of the gullet essentially is what that means. Or if we can break it apart a little bit more, like I just did, we did ezo plus phagy plus itis. Or you can just do the Greek esophagus plus itis. Inflammation of the gullet or inflammation of the consumption within. Both of them refer to the same thing, but have different uh, linguistic um originations origins gallstones gallstones are hard deposits from that form in the gallbladder. gall in the latin means bile um so if you didn't know now you know it helps to secrete bile to uh, uh, that helps break down fats and other things as well but the gallbladder is written I'm sorry, we don't break down fats. We emulsify fats in our body. We don't break them down. So that's what the, the gallbladder is doing. It's secreting bile in order to help emulsify, digest certain, you know, other things, proteins, carbohydrates, um, sugars, you know, all that kind of stuff as well as fats and emulsifying those fats. Next one, gastritis, gastritis, gastro, stomach, itis, inflammation. Medical definition, the inflammation of the stomach lining. Gastere in the Greek means what? Stomach or gastro. It can be gastro, dependent on what it is assimilating and running into in order to create the word. This is where we're going to get GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, aka what we talked about before with acid reflux. This is a condition in which the stomach acid backs up into the esophagus, aka the same thing as acid reflux. I don't know why, why we have two different terms for the same thing, but again, gastro, stomach, esophageal, esophagus, or the consumption within reflux the flowing back disease next one we have here are hemorrhoids hemorrhoid comes from the hema meaning blood and roid comes from ragia in the greek which means burst so hemorrhoids literally mean blood burst um What are hemorrhoids? They are enlarged veins in the rectum or anus. If you didn't know, now you know. That's what a hemorrhoid is. The reason why hemorrhoids occur is because you're sitting too long on the toilet and you're straining. And when you strain, you're pushing all of that pressure, all of that down into those veins that in turn, get enlarged. You're throwing more blood in that area. And that's what happens. The blood gets thrown. And then with that being said, it creates hemorrhoids, right? This is also where we get hemorrhage as well, okay? So hemorrhoids are just blood, just blood sacks essentially, right? And hemorrhoidia in the Greek means a bursting forth of blood, okay? So that's why when you have hemorrhoids, you'll definitely maybe wipe after you pass your stool and you have a little bit of some blood, some bright red blood. That's nothing to really worry about. That's more hemorrhoids. Now, if you have dark, dark red or black stools, that's more of an issue because that's indicating, um, according to your your stool it's indicating that there is bleeding that's happening deeper within your GI tract and that's bad news you don't want bleeding to happen within but the 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 hemorrhoids oddly enough are very they they're benign but they're also they are annoying so and if you deal with hemorrhoids um, witch hazel is a really great one think about ways to just keep that that area clean as possible so it's not further irritated by, you know, like if you didn't wipe as well. Um, I know this sounds kind of weird, but we're, you know, this is what we're doing here, you guys. You just got to bear with me. But yeah. So there you go. Irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. It's a chronic disorder that affects the large intestine. Irritabilis in the Latin means easily irritated or irritable. Um, there you go. That's all it means. It's just an irritable bowel. That's why they named it that. And then when you slap a syndrome on, you don't really know what it means. Syndrome just means that there are a bunch of presenting symptoms involved within this certain like pathology, but they don't they don't really correlate and make a lot of sense. Though they can't really label it anything other than just a you know a mass of symptomatology, and that's what a syndrome is. Last one we're going to get into here, and this one's a really rough one for people, ulcerative colitis. Ulcer means an open sore in the Latin. Ative, ative, excuse me, is the action of, right? Uh, And then colitis referring to the colon, aka the colon, the large intestine. So, and itis referring to the inflammation of. So the inflammation of the large intestine the action of an open sore, right? So ulcerative colitis, according to its medical definition, is a chronic inflammatory bowel disease that affects the colon. If you didn't know, now you know. A lot of these things can be mitigated through dietary interventions and all that good stuff as well. We do have certain drugs for things like uh, ulcerative colitis as well as Crohn's disease, I know. But things like when you have a syndrome, like irritable bowel syndrome, that's when doctors going to be like, oh, you need to get on a FODMAP diet, which is, which is stands for like fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, mono. It's just basically eating foods that don't ferment in your stomach and create the distress and um, discomfort uh, on a day-to-day basis. But that being said, Hopefully you learn something new and uh, glean some information that you can take on into your world. And maybe some of these things um, pertain to you. And hey, you know what? I really like, I urge you guys, if you guys deal with bad acid reflux and or GERD, consider HCL with pepsin, a very, very innocuous way to just test to see if maybe it's the fact that your body lacks the sufficient amount of hydrochloric acid in order for you to break down proteins and to break down food particulates in the stomach before it gets further broken down um, through all of its processes going in, you know, like I said before, for, into the duodenum from duodenum or the duodenum, however you pronounce it, tomato, tomato, potato, potato, just give it a bop. Into the small intestine and then further on and keep it a beep it a bop all the way out into your toilet. So, with that being said, hope you guys learned something new. Appreciate you guys again for being here as always. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna thank my stomach right now, even though, like I said, my stomach can really make me mad. Really can make me mad. Sometimes I really wanna punch my stomach in the stomach. <laughs> But you know what? At least, at least I have my legs. At least I have my arms. And sometimes, you know what? It just is what it is. And until next time, don't possess the schedule